Hey everyone, this is Kim and Mark Holinsky. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to United, a Holinsky's Hope powered podcast focusing on student athletes. We really wish we could be in a room with our student athletes talking about their mental health and how important it is to their happiness and performance in their sport. Since we can't do that right now with COVID-19, we are keeping true to our mission, working to raise awareness and ending the stigma attached to mental illness. And so we're embarking on a way we can still bring you our message of hope and support, a podcast dedicated to student athletes and their mental wellness. We've teamed up with some incredible mental health experts across the country and are honored to have Dr. Josie Nicholson, sports psychologist at Ole Miss, host these podcasts for us. Dr. Nicholson will be using her passion for student-athlete mental health as a foundation driving the conversations that will be featured in these United podcasts. Please follow Holinsky's Hope on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can contact us via email at info at holinskyshope.org. Always for Tyler. And forever to three. Welcome to United Conversations for Student-Athletes. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Nicholson. This podcast has been rocking and rolling since March. We've uh, interviewed some of the uh, best sports psychologists in the nation. We've had student-athletes on. We've had administrators. We've had a ton of information uh, coming out, and I hope that a lot of it's been helpful for many of you. Now, going into the semester, we are all uh, trying to figure out what it's going to be like and how to navigate it, and the podcast is going to go to once a week. We're going to keep up the quality and um, make every episode something that uh, you can take home and use and have it be helpful in your life, even if it's just listening to someone's um, struggle and uh, overcoming obstacles or uh, practical information about ways to get through tough times. So we're going to keep going, but we're going to do it once a week. And um, thank you so much for how this podcast has been received. And uh, we're going to keep it going. So let's talk about today. Today, I have a guest on. I I think that it's going to be a nice switch up because uh, we are surrounded with uh, all the things that we can't do. So Dr. Jesse Steinfeld is a professor of uh, psychology. He's a sports psychologist, and he's in his 10th year in the Department of Counseling and Educational Psychology at Indiana University. So he uh, coaches a bunch of different teams and has developed a minor in um, sports psychology and performance psychology there at IU and is really steeped in um, the research and teaching and implementing uh, so much around sports psychology. But today we're going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite um, genres, if you will, of psychology called positive psychology. It's a strength-based approach that really looks at what can you do and how can you 
build on your strengths to overcome challenging times. So I'm excited to start this conversation today with Dr. Jesse Steinfeld. Hey, Jesse, welcome to United. Hey, Josie, thanks for having me. It's a real honor to be here, and it's uh, fun to get a chance to chat with you about some important stuff. Absolutely. It's always nice to chat with you. So I'm excited about uh, talking again today. And um, I'm really excited about talking today because I think that it's a nice change up from what we've been experiencing, which is all the things that are going wrong and all the things that we can't do. And uh, so having this conversation around like some strength-based stuff and things we can do is, uh, I think, going to be super refreshing. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, the reality is we can't change what's happening around us, right? I mean, there's some pretty scary, new, off-the-script, uh, frightening things happening around us, but we can change sort of how we respond to it, how we anticipate it, and how we manage it. And in that sort of simple secret, we can work our way through some of the, the darkness that we have in front of us. Oh, yeah, that's that's put really well. So, so the idea is positive psychology. So tell me about that. Yeah, positive psychology has really grown, um, particularly in our country, right? You know, the work of Marty Seligman at Penn a little bit back in the day um, really introduced what, what I would consider to be kind of intuitive concepts, but given it intentionality, given it um, specificity, and in doing so, we're able to activate positivity in a way that can be helpful and useful, right? Again, it's not just make lemons out of lemonade or put on a happy face, uh, that sort of simplicity exists, but it's a little more, again, intentional with how we help people implement these sort of things. Because the reality is we sort of have to undo more to do positive things, right? We're sort of programmed to accept the negative or focus on the negative and let that dwell on us and ruminate about it. And in reality, uh, there's a lot more that we can do when we orient ourselves towards the positive. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, one analogy that I like to use is the weight room. Like if I walk in the right room and I'm so consumed with all the things that I can't do in there, I'm not going to be there very long and I'm certainly not going to get stronger and I'm not going to get a good workout in. But if I go in and I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. Let's see how much I can do of that instead of, oh, that's too much. I can't even approach that. Um, then I really make some gains. Absolutely. And it's starting with, you know, uh, incremental gains. It's starting with, you know, reachable goals. Um, you know, there's a really cool... Um, things on Twitter, some on social media, you know, talking about a young adolescent, a young guy who's sort of down. And the idea is uh, to do something successful, start the day, right? There's a Navy SEAL guy talking over it saying, make your bed, start with that, right? Get yourself a win, get something under your belt for the W and then move forward. And from that, you're going to be able to start sort of uh, snowballing positive things in front of you, as opposed to, like you said, look at the day and be like, oh my gosh, I got all this stuff to do. There's no way I can get it all done. Okay, now you set yourself up to be under the avalanche versus putting yourself uphill, rolling downhill. This is so true. And, you know, I think that with athletes in particular, they have so many strengths and um, so many like abilities and things that they can do and, you know, just different power in their voice, power in their body, all those kind of things. And I think it's really easy for say, you know, an athlete to dismiss their strengths because they're surrounded by a lot of people that have a lot of strengths, you know? Sure. There's, there's a relativity dynamic there, right? Like I'm good. Everybody else is good. And you can get in a, a, a sort of a dynamic of not thinking you're as good or recognize your goodness sort of blends in with their goodness. Um, I think there's value in 
not being too paying too much attention to things around you because you can't control that, but focusing on what you have in front of you. And you're right. The, the more athletes have a tremendous amount of latent strengths as well as active strengths that they can at, utilize uh, when times are tough, when they need them. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because right now it is a dark time. Like we, there's so much uncertainty. Like we have no idea what sports are going to look like a few weeks from now, you know, and it's never been that way in the life of these athletes and athletes are very structured and organized and like to know what's to be expected. So they kind of discount the strength that they all have, which is an innate ability to deal with what comes their way and uh, to handle the unknown, because that's what you have to do in every match, in every game. Uh, So, you know, that's one strength that I think athletes tend to downplay when right now that would be really useful to recognize. That's a fantastic point, right? They've sort of been equipped or trained for this, for this moment where they're kicking at uh, moving field goal posts, um, but they have the strength, the ability to do so. And again, it's just recognizing and tapping into and trusting the fact that it's there and I can get this and I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some specifics around um, positive psychology and how we use it? Yeah. So, so, you know, some of my, my former students and now colleagues, you know, Dr. Nicole Gavana came on and, you know, she talked about some interventions she's done. And so there's some things that, you know, we can bring into the world of, of sport that are being um, empirically uh, validated with uh, general population and being um, used with athletes. Uh, and then the concept of learn optimism, the idea of disposition optimism and, and sort of explanatory style are things that we can work with athletes. And I would argue these are things we've been doing as sports psychology with athletes. It's just a matter of giving it a a name so much and giving it a, a sort of a system that's been you know, empirically established to help that. You know, so the idea of explanatory style is really positive programming we do with athletes in terms of how do you orient yourself towards the positive when a task comes at you. Um, and that your weight room analogy earlier resonates with that. It's not, oh no, I can't do all this. It's starting with, okay, I can get this, I can do that. Um, so I think that's a real helpful starting point. Um, but I, I think it'd be good to talk a little bit about a specific um, program package that might be useful for athletes, uh, particularly in these times. Um, one example, um, it's a gratitude writing adaptation of this intervention. Um, it's something that I did when the uh, COVID era first started in March, right? When the shutdown first happened. And I had 15, categ- I had five categories, excuse me. Um, and then they each had subcategories. So I ended up with 15 entities, right? And this was coaches, teachers, families, friends, colleagues, and I was able to break, you know, the family down into, you know, siblings and, and, and um, extended family, right? So in the end, I had 15 categories. And so each day I would pick one of those out of a hat and I would post on social media a appreciation, right? A recognition of some of the things to people in that group that really, really are of value to me. Um, again, give me an opportunity to say some things to some people that I, I had sort of implicitly felt but hadn't had a chance to say. Um, and as I went through these, these 15 days... You know, the, the way I felt about myself was was big, the way other people responded, the gratitude they were able to then reciprocate. Man, that made me feel good, Jess. I really was was happy to see you, you know, sort of call me out there or give me these props, whatever it might be. And the reality was after those 15 days, the world didn't change, right? Sports are still canceled, the world's uncertain, but I felt good, right? I felt I felt well uh, I felt well prepared to continue moving through. Um, so I think that's a good example of something athletes can do because it can Find people you can thank for what they've done to get you there. Find people who you might not otherwise have a chance to reach out to and tell how much you appreciate and what they mean to you. Um, and that goes a long way. 
You know, that's so, so cool. And um, it, it's funny because I remember when you did that, um, mm-hmm. you know, being your friend on Facebook. And uh, and it also impacted me just feeling, you know, the warm fuzzies like, oh, look what mm-hmm. she's doing. And, uh, and feeling the positive vibes from that, you know, and, and also kind of being reminded like, there's so much good out there, you know, and, and, uh, you know, there were a couple of days that I was reminded to connect with somebody and, and just show appreciation. And, uh, so it's not just you and the recipient. I think people that are kind of bystanders with that, um, it's, it's kind of contagious. That's a good way to put it, right? The ripple effect of it is a contagious dynamic, right? We can have negative contagion, right? Where me being, you know, mean to somebody then sort of cascades, downward and out to other people, people projecting frustrations from that. Or in this situation, the positivity can have the ripple effect where other people are sort of paying it forward, carrying it on, moving it out. Um, I think there's great value in that. Yeah. Um, a second part. So, so I just did those 15 and it was great. A second part that we would have somebody do would be, okay, now after those 15 days, let's go back to each of the categories and pick one person from that. Right. And so if it's colleagues and I had, you know, Josie Nicholson, I would then call you or directly, you know, reach out to you and give you very specific feedback about how I feel about you, how I appreciate you, how much I value you. And so it's a continuation of that broad categorical intervention of positive psychology that will provide some individual, you know, feedback, individual opportunities to, you know, specifically thank somebody, right? And in today's era, text is nice, but, you know, a call, uh, you know, old fashioned, uh, you know, reach out um, really goes even further in terms of how it might impact people. So, the, the, the categorical stuff is great because it has a broad impact, but then the, the one-on-one connections that can be really cemented, um, we have an opportunity within that specific intervention to try that as well. Man, and that's so cool. I mean, when was the last time um, that you sat down and wrote a thank you note that wasn't for a, a specific gift or something, you know? Yeah, or something your mom made you do after graduation, right? Or something <laughs> of your own volition, of your own, you know, good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, and to that point, um, so Nicole did this. So Nicole Gabbana, when she was at Indiana University, um, was teaching a, an undergraduate positive psychology class. And she brought me in. You know, I, was, I was a doctoral advisor in front of the class. And she had a, a letter that she wrote to me. And then she read it out loud to me in front of the class, expressing her gratitude for me, you know, choosing her to be in the program, mentoring her, believing in her, helping her meet her goals. Um, and I cried. I mean, it was a really moving moment for me. I mean, it just impacted me um, as a recipient of that. It was also, you know, great for Nicole to be able to, you know, really let me know how she feels about me and then to model for the class what that is and how that works. And so for athletes, I mean, connecting with coaches, right? We know how much coaches care about these kids and how much, you know, they're hurting right now because they can't, you know, see the kids as much as they might want to. Uh, So this is a great thing for athletes to, you know, let coaches know how they feel about them. Or on the other side of that, coaches, you know, human beings, right? They have an opportunity to let kids know what they think about them, how what they appreciate, um, support staff. And so again, the the applications are, are limitless and it's not rocket science and brain surgery. It's simplicity, but it's also simplicity with intentionality. And if when we execute that, again, you made the real good point earlier, Josie, the sort of the ripple effect and the, the contagion effect really kicks in and, and we can get some some light shining in darker places. Yeah, for sure. That's really cool. And so easy to do. I mean, I just bought a pack of six note cards at Dollar General for a dollar. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's easy to do. Absolutely. And again, the the the, the thing about it is, it might interrupt a unfettered path of negativity. Right. It'd be easy to sort of get into a mode of 
this is going wrong, that's going wrong. And there's plenty in our environment right now to feed into that. And so this also can interrupt a loop, which can go in a bad place. And for people, you know, suffering with, with more severe mental illness issues, this might be a great intervention to sort of slow down that cycle, stop that cycle, and, and, and sort of be a reaching out to somebody that you didn't know was having that struggle. And this is a great way to sort of uh, catch them before they fall through the cracks. And Yeah, for sure. Did you have another intervention? The, another intervention to talk about would be helping the athletes. You know, we talked about explanatory style. Um, we, you know, this comes from Seligman's learned optimism oh, construct yeah. and, and helping them sort of understand ways that you should orient yourself towards a, a task. Right. Um, we talk about self-talk and that's a value, but often we, when we work with athletes, we find that we got to really undo some scripts that have been written, right? Whether it be a dad message or a coach message, or you're not good enough, or these sort of things, these sort of pervasive mindsets and pieces of a mindset um, get in the way. And so sometimes we have to work with an athlete to deconstruct those to get to the root of them sometimes, and, and then replace them with positive programming. But categorically, in, in that in that area of um, learned optimism, you know, Sullivan talks about making sure that if a, something bad happens to you. There's three sort of ways you orient yourself towards it. Um, and the first, if we use it, so let's, let me step back from that. Let's use a baseball player who strikes out as an example, right? Mm-hmm. That happens a lot in baseball. It's the nature of the beast, but it's not a pleasant thing and, and it stinks and all that. But so if a player strikes out, they need to recognize this is specific and not pervasive, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning they shouldn't extrapolate this to every domain, right? This is a bad outcome specific to this domain. And that would mean, a strikeout in a baseball game doesn't get carried forward to the free throw line or to a test, right? So this is this happened here. This is not indicative of me. This is something that's specific and not pervasive. Right. A second aspect would be the idea that it's not permanent, right? It's unstable or variable, right? The narrative could be, oh, this always happens to me. I always strike out. No, this is a bad outcome this time, specific to this instance. And so that a strikeout in a big game isn't carried forward to the next game or a strikeout isn't carried out under the field, right? It's not permanent. It happened. Leave it at that and, and recognize it as such. And then thirdly, it's external, right? It's not personal. It's not this sort of why me, this always happens to me. It's just a bad outcome. It's not a function of me, right? All players strike out or that was a filthy pitch or whatever it might be. It happened. Now I'm going to learn from it. Um, and the counter to this isn't, well, you just externalize all blame and never take responsibility. N- not quite. It's just recognizing how do I situate a negative outcome so that it doesn't become problematic for my future endeavors, right? And so if we think about this explanatory style you know, and learn optimism uh, in sort of those three categorical domains, we can help athletes take mistakes and put them in a back file and put, allow them to have future endeavors uh, driven by positive thinking. Okay, so there's a lot in here. Um, there's, there's a couple of things I'm really, really big on language because I think as much as our, you know, internal, um, dialogue and beliefs and philosophies guide our language, our language actually impacts our beliefs and our, you know, philosophies and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really big on, okay, how are you, what words are you choosing? Right. So with, um, (laughs) with a batter, like, I mean, a pitcher, you know, they'll, they'll come off the field and be like, man, uh, I, I really just sucked that game. Yeah. There's like, no, I mean, you had a couple of sucky pitches. That's right. right. It, Externalize right? the pitches were sucky. You're not yeah. sucky. Yeah. Right. And, and like, um, you know, putter or uh, golfers say, you know, I just, um, I'm not a very good putter. 
And it's like, well, no, you have great pets sometimes. You just pay more attention to the ones that didn't go your way. But when you can say, you know, that one didn't go well, now you can learn. Now you, you don't say this blanket statement that isn't true. But I hear it so much more pervasively right now. People will say, um, well, how many times on social media have you seen some meme about how horrible 2020 is? Right, right. You know, okay, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, um, you know, four out of the first six months. I'll give that to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm reclaiming the end. That's right. We're going to be victorious yeah. in the end. Yeah. We yeah. got like, you know, five more months to go. Right. So, um, and yes, that is like a cup half full kind of approach. Sure. I haven't even poured that cup yet, but, um, but it's kind of like, you know, athletes or people say, Oh, my life just sucks. It's like, sure. Really? Your whole life. You know, this is one year. And right. yes, we have had some pretty, you know, I mean, biblical plague proportions, you know, of, of stuff happen, but it's temporary. It has, right. you know, I mean, January and February, right. And, uh, you know, unless you're living in Australia, that was rough, but <laughs> the point being it's temporary and it's not um, global to your entire life, but Correct. you have to work harder this is what you were saying at the beginning, because we're biologically wired to pay attention to the negative, because that's how we as a species survive. We have to work harder to stop and recognize all the good, you know, for all the crappy things. We are hearing some of the most amazing acts of kindness happening through this pandemic. And Absolutely. The unintended consequences are emerging in a good way. You're right. Right. And the, the social change of how people are becoming much more aware and loving, um, you know, just as a society and, and all of that. So I, I think, yeah, take it's not to negate. That's that's the big thing about positive psychology. It's not to negate the suck. It's to balance it. Absolutely. Right. Because we will tend to you know, lean into the suck a little more. Um, your, your point about language Josie, is really well-received. And this is something I'm real big on. And so whether I'm working with a client or I'm coaching, right? I'm coaching youth kids and baseball, basketball, football all around. I had an instance with a parent, again, a well-intended guy, a good buddy of mine, when his son was pitching, it would be a three-two count. He would yell, don't walk him, don't lose him. Right. And I'd be like, hang on a second. Why don't you say, let's go get him, right? Because yeah. now if you're orienting it towards a negative outcome, you are more likely to influence that outcome towards the negative domain, right? And so again, working with a kid, when I got three to come, my thought isn't don't walk him, don't miss this. My thought is I got this. I'm hitting my spot, right? And if you don't, well, okay, that happens. But if you do say you don't walk him, you're going to start tightening up and here's what happens. So this is a really good lesson for, you know, this parent. He wasn't aware he was doing it, right? And again, the simplicity of language change accompanied by, again, attitudinal change can have a real powerful impact. Well, and this goes back to your first point about um, you know, the strength base, like what can you do? And when you kind of adopt a habit of always saying what you're going to do, you know, I think I've said before, it's really, um, if I say to somebody like, Hey, don't jump in the lake, like you just got an image of jumping in the lake. And it's, you know, but if I say, Hey, stand on the pier, now you're not jumping in the lake, 
but it's so much easier to stand on the pier than it is to not jump in the lake. And so looking at what you can do all the time. And when you start to work on that actively, it becomes a habit. And now you're just oriented to your life differently. It absolutely does. And it also becomes an opportunity to recognize, boy, I didn't realize that I was so negative on myself, or I didn't realize that I oriented myself towards negative, right? Some people, some athletes and people in general don't often have that level of self-reflection or someone sort of trained to help them walk through that self-reflection so they can recognize that they're, you know, putting themselves in the hole before they even start as opposed to, okay, let's clean that and let's start with this, right? What's worse going to happen? You know, you get the bad outcome. Okay, but at least you were prepared for positive outcome. And again, the data shows the more you orient towards a positive, the more likely you are to have those outcomes. For sure. So like right now, um, you know, people are, uh, I mean, I filled out my planner and pencil. <laughs> right, right. That's what I can do. Like, so what can I plan on? You know, I can plan on certain days. That I'm going to do certain things. I'm going to plan on, you know, this and that. And, and I think there's about to be so much emphasis on what we can't do and how things are changing and how we can't feel secure that on September 26th, this is, you know, even the game we're going to play. And that is un- unprecedented. I hate that word now in 2020, but um, <laughs> you know, like we're not printing up that schedule. Right. So right. it's just like, what can we do? We know that, we are still going to have workouts that we're still going mm-hmm. to compete because competition doesn't just happen on the field and right. with, you know, officiants, um, you know, it, it's all the time. So, you know, that you're going to be training, you know, that you're going to be competing. Um, it's just going to look different. So we have to look at where can we plan? And then to your other point, like there's so much, um, there's so much good that's happening and there is so much bad, but are we paying as much attention to what we can say thank you for? Good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, these things are hard to do. You know, it sounds so simple, like just go get a pack of, you know, cards <laughs> and write it, but it's hard, right? I mean, you made the point earlier, Josie, it needs to be built as a habit, right? You can try it. And it takes, even when I was doing those 15 days, I, you know, I would have to be, okay, I have to prepare myself for this, right? So you still have to get yourself in the rhythm of doing it, you know, turn it into a habit. And then it becomes, again, second age, whether it be muscle memory or mental muscle memory, however you want to you know, define this, it gets into your, your pattern and your rhythm and it becomes easier. But again, starting off is hard and starting off is difficult because we often have to start at minus 10 instead of starting at zero. And we have to run counter to some things that are interfering with our, our success. Yeah. So you think about like um, that compound effect, like choosing one or two things that you're going to work on, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, maybe it's you, you start with a text or you start with one phone call a week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or you start with, you know, writing down one thing that you can do today. Absolutely. I mean, that goes to our principles of goal setting, right? We are going to set, you know, proximal goals that we can um, easily accomplish so that we build on those with an eye towards the, you know, the, the subsequent goals and then the distal goals we'll be accomplishing as well. Yeah. And I think people really don't realize that when you do something small and you do it every day, it has a pretty big cumulative effect, especially when it comes to this shifting, orienting yourself towards, you know, positive psychology. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that is some really practical stuff. <laughs> and I, I think that's good, right? I mean, I think the reality is, you know, people hear sports psychology and they get some sort of like, I don't know, mythological voodoo of what we do. And what we do is, is it's got some simplicity to it, yeah. but it's the intentionality that makes it work. And, and so breaking it down so that our athletes and our clients can use it is really important. Recognizing that it's not something that's unattainable is important, but knowing that it does have sophistication, it does have uh, an empirical base and a reason for doing it is why we're, you know, professionals, what we do, but it's uh, being able to disseminate to the masses that makes it so useful and so practical. For sure. And I think that, um, you know, we, we want big changes in our life. So we tend to listen up when it's a big package deal and it's a complicated system, but you can get through it and it's super expensive. (laughs) When, when we say like, Hey, every day start with one recognition of something to do, one thing you're grateful for, um, and one strength that you have. Like that sounds really like that's not going to make a big difference. And I'm going to challenge anybody that thought it's not to do it and see. Absolutely right. The bells and the whistles and the sexy stuff is all great, but that's also coming from a place where there is a foundation underneath it. Well, Jesse, I, I really appreciate your time. It's been great and super practical and applicable. And I know that um, there are a lot of people that are going to feel challenged and uh, mm-hmm. and go ahead and uh, take a shot at it. Amen. Right. To give, you know, try it out, try a little piece of it out, see what happens. Um, sure. You know, and, and, I, and I thank you for having me. I you know appreciate you as a, as a person, professional, Josie, you're doing great work in this field. Um, we're lucky to have you in a leadership position. You know, I also want to thank the, you know, Holinsky family for putting this together. I mean, this is a really necessary um, thing that's happening. It's, it's going to help a lot, a lot of people. And so I'm really glad and humbled and honored to be a part of it. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, your words and your time and uh, you have a great day. You too, Josie. Take care. Take care, everybody. Bye. Again, a big thank you to Dr. Jesse Steinfeld of Indiana University. And also to our producer, Graham Doty. Listen, if you're struggling at this time, please reach out to a licensed mental health professional in your area. Also, we want to hear from you about topics that you want to hear about. So please uh, contact us at info at and let us know what would be helpful for you or your fellow athletes to hear about. Share this podcast with anyone you believe would be helped by it. Subscribe to it, rate it, and review it because that helps other athletes find the podcast. And if you'd like to know more about Holinsky's Hope, including how to donate to help with all that they're doing to support student-athlete mental health and reduce the stigma that surrounds mental illness, visit www.holinskyshope.org. Please take care of yourself. Please take care of others. And always have hope.